Hello and welcome to another episode of the United Daily. I'm Ben, I'm back again and thank you guys for joining us as well. Of course, if you're watching on any other platform right now, please come over and support us on YouTube. Uh, open up those notifications, make sure you set them so you can you can get a notification whenever we go live here at All for United. Uh, just go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash All for United and hit subscribe. And of course, you're going to have the chance to win some fantastic apparel from Football Town uh, throughout this evening on our show. So do not miss out on that. Hit that subscribe button and help us get to 3K. We are not far away at all. Right, let's crack on with today's show. Uh, I, I probably sound quite happy and positive in my voice introducing the show today. However, it was far from that last night. I literally cried myself to sleep watching that performance <laughs> against Sheffield United. Uh, so what better than to reflect today on the United Daily. Uh, three big reds with me. We've got Connor, we've got Mark, we've got Stu, and we're going to jump into their thoughts in just a second. But what I don't want to do, we've already done the review on this channel. I don't want to do that. I want to jump on and have a look at what other fans are saying and react to their talking points. So this show today is going to be around how Twitter reacted to last night's defeat against Sheffield United. We're going to get the tweets on stream uh, on, on the stream here, so you'll be able to see them. We're going to discuss them. But the whole purpose, guys, is we're not here to, to so to speak, publicly disagree with a point or, so to speak, you know, call out that person for the point they've made, but more to use it as a conversational talking point. And that's what we're going to do uh, right here right now. Now, uh, before we start this show, I think it's only right that I mention um, the biggest Manchester United talking point at the moment, and that's around the Instagram post that Axel 2 and Zabi put up, had to delete, and then had to delete his account. Can I just say, I, I don't speak on behalf of this fan base. I don't speak on behalf of the people here on this stream or, or on behalf of All for United. But what I can do is I can speak to you as a human being and as a person. And I think if you ask 99.9% .9 of Manchester United fans, potentially even 100%, we do not associate ourselves with those criminals. That's the only word I can use. And I put that on the All for United account earlier on. There is no place for racism in this world. There is no place for racism in football. Players, staff take the knee at the start of every game to show unity against what is something that should not be happening in this world. Unfortunately, there's a small amount of people who hide behind fake accounts hide behind fake usernames and decide to be absolutely disgusting when it comes to the way that they react and talk to people. It's not just players, it's people as well. Now, one thing that I've seen is other rival fans jump on the back saying, hey, look, look, Manchester United, racist fan base, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Look, what I want to do now is appeal to rival football fans. We need to eradicate this together not against each other. This isn't one fan base. This isn't two fan base. This is, this is on all of us to make this no longer a problem in the world. So please, please, I ask anyone out there, if you see any form of racism happening, report it immediately. Whether it's to the social media accounts, whether it's to, to, to the police, whoever it is, report it. I stand by what United have done today. There is no place for racism we are all equal and that is all we're going to say on the matter because I want to move on and actually talk about the football on the pitch because what we can do without being so small-minded and without being so ridiculous in the way that we approach criticizing people is talk openly about the club we love and talk openly about the players we support and we will continue doing that on this channel with a balanced point of view so that's that's all I want to say on the matter I know I've gone on for a couple of minutes I'm sorry to anyone out there who wasn't interested in what I just had to say uh, but we are going to move on and that is our standpoint on it and what we're not going to do though is make shows solely on racism because let's face it 
we are a club, we are people, and it is down to ourselves to educate ourselves if we do stand by what those criminals have said uh, on social media. It is just not right. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you for getting involved with the podcast. I'm going to stop blabbering on because you don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from fellow Reds as well. I want to hear from you guys in the comments. And let's kick things off by looking at the first tweet that I picked out last night that I saw. And and again, it's, it's talking about players. Of course it is because we've got to analyze last night's performance. Uh, and it's a tweet here that was from um, Amory Dre, uh, who said, uh, would have left Greenwood on and taken off Martial, but I'm just a girl on Twitter. Hey, Anna, you are completely, I think, spot on with that. So don't you worry about that. Um, Connor, uh, what did you make of Oli's in-game management last night, which Anna's hitting on there? Um, yeah, it's definitely right to question it. Um, I think a lot of people are annoyed, especially just because of the the form Cavani's been in. Um, and he is our best striker at the club anyway. Um Martial was a difficult one. I think the only tie, the only sub I didn't agree with was the first one, not taking Martial off for Greenwood because Greenwood, in that moment, and he did have a couple of flashes of of some good play in that in that game before he came off. Um, the, I don't understand the the uproar with the the the. the the second and third substitutions because I think people would have gone in on Oli if it had took Martial off because then you start questioning why is he taking an attacker off. So I think people complaining that he played the full 90 minutes, um, I don't really get, but it was the first substitution was that was very questionable because Green would look more threatening in the game than Martial did. Um, but it, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think people would have criticised either way, um, whether he'd have took Greenwood off or, or Martial or Rashford, I think they all could have been taken off, to be honest. You know, no player on there was deserving of staying on. So it, it's it's a tricky one. But Martial has shown the quality. I said it on the on the preview yesterday. Martial probably needed a goal yesterday to kickstart his season because the numbers that him, Rashford and Greenwood were putting up last year, they've definitely got the talent. You can see that. Um, they just need to find that, that confidence and that cohesion together up front like they were doing last season. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that, Mark. I think what's quite interesting about this this whole debate at the moment around Oli's in-game management is it's actually always been a question mark that we've held over over Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's head whenever something might potentially have gone wrong. But even in games that have gone right, we've questioned why Van der Beek hasn't got more minutes. We've questioned why better decisions aren't being made during matches. Uh, for you, Connor, hit on it there, but it'd be good to hear your thoughts as well. Um, I just thought Martial looked a yard behind the pace last night. Well, Greenwood had a couple of opportunities, which was a lot more than what Martial was digging out for himself. What was your thoughts on on, on Greenwood getting hooked instead of Anthony Martial at the start of that second half? Yeah, I mentioned this last night. I completely echo what Connor said. Um, Martial, for whatever reason, isn't quite in the right place at the moment. And, um, and I do tend to feel a bit like Karthik mentioned too, that as soon as someone has kind of come in and, and taken that number nine role, um, I don't know why he reacts in this way, but he just looks a little bit, um, you know, like he doesn't have the emphasis or the drive to, to really compete for that. And, and that's difficult to see. You know, we, we've we've mentioned on many occasions, I absolutely love Martial. Um, you and I have spoken about this before, Ben, you know, on the ball, he's he's one of the best in the world and, and his link-up play, but... For, for many games now in the last few months for whatever reason and we're never going to know we're, we're never going to truly understand what goes on behind closed doors but um he's just not quite um what you would expect at the moment and um and it's and it's difficult to see you know it's it's all well and good criticizing players when they don't play well and quite honestly i think the whole team probably deserved a little bit of criticism last night um but um but he's just not quite 
where you want him to be and it's it's um sad to see and back to Anna's tweet I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with her um and I said this last night that um Greenwood uh was probably one of our brightest players probably because the confidence which obviously Connor alluded to there that that, that he got from the weekend um and uh and and I think that that Martial should have been the player to come off. I think he needs a little bit of time out. You know, you look at the sort of past great teams, there was always there or thereabouts about four or five players that could play in a striker's role. We've got four or five players, give or take, and and sometimes people just need a rest and, and there are other players that can come in and take that role. Um, I just hope he can, you know, it, it's very, people are very reactionary and I think that's exactly what's happened last night and it's wrong. And, and um, mm-hmm. you know, Martial has, um, is, is a great player. Um, after lockdown, we saw how fantastic he was and he loved that little bit of uh, competition with Rashford. And that's great. That's healthy competition. Um, but at the moment, I feel like because of the, the formations that United are playing, if someone has taken his role, and we've all seen how much Cavani means to the team, he seems to look a lot more laboured and a little bit lazier. And, and I can understand that. I get that people are different. Personalities are different. And he is very much a confidence player. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on Ollie, we've seen how wonderfully well he has managed a lot of things in the past two years. And it will be down to him to try and get the best and try and clear those things up. Um, but we just have to see. We just have to see. And I just hope he can kick on. Yeah, we're discussing uh, Anna underscore underscore Dre's uh, tweet last night, which said uh, would have left Greenwood on and taken off Martial, uh, but I'm just a girl on Twitter. But you're smashing it, Anne, so don't worry about that. Uh, Stu, uh, Connor and Mark have both had their say. I suppose the only way that we can sort of end this is, is uh, are you worried about both Greenwood and Martial's form at the moment? I mean, Greenwood did have a really, really good opportunity uh, before he was hooked, and he, and he just scuffed it. And I thought... I would have put my mortgage on him actually taking that. Like, uh, you know, Greenwood is he's got killer instincts. So, are you a bit worried about the confidence within our strikers at the moment? So, <clears throat> I kind of echo the lads' thoughts. Really, I, I actually said to Karthik uh, last night that I thought Martial's got. Th- there's an underlying issue there. We obviously won't know what it is. He, he could be injured. Could be having some personal problems. Uh, but he isn't the anti-Martial of uh, uh, of last year. That's for sure. So he has got a bit of a problem, and I would advocate taking him out the equation for maybe two to three weeks, send him away. Well, I would say send him away, but you can't. With regards to Greenwoods, um, I think he's just probably about shrugging off the issues he had in the summer, uh, the England issues, and he looked probably as sharp as he's been this season last night. So um, I was quite surprised he didn't put his uh, put his shot away. All in all. We do lack confidence. I would have hooked about eight players myself last night. <laughs> uh, Rashford himself, I, I thought he was walking uh, on uh, too many occasions. Um, it was just one of those. I said to Carthick, like, I thought Sheffield uh, United had come and suffocate us, and they did. Um, and they played well. It, it's, it's not difficult if you're Chris Wilder. You, you're going to put five across the back because United cannot break down a low block. We've seen it time and time again. If we can't get in behind a low block, the chances of us scoring are pretty much impossible unless you you get a Pogba against Burnley or or or, or a Fernandez. It just isn't going to happen. So, I think confidence-wise, Ollie's got a problem. I've said for a while his in-game management needs to be readdressed. But having said that, though, 
the players and game management has got to be readdressed as well. I mean, I guess most of us on here, probably all of us have played the game. So we all know that the game evolves. You can see it better than anybody when you're on the pitch. And we appear to have a lack of, I'm not going to say leadership, because obviously we've got Bruno as a leader and we've got Cavani as a leadership, but we've got lack common sense sometimes on the ball. And that does worry me. So um, maybe Van der Beek coming in a lot earlier, maybe with half an hour to go, might have steadied a little bit of a shit, but. Yeah, you made some really good points there, Stu. That actually leads us on perfectly to the next tweet that I want to talk about. And it's from uh, Rick Lared, uh, who we, we know and love here. Uh, does some fantastic work on the United Stand and his own channel as well. Uh, he tweeted, if Massa would have played on the right, an in- ingenious player who finds space and cute passes, and maybe Van der Beek at 10, we would have walked it. Everyone would have been saying, it's only Sheffield United. Uh, what do you make of that, Connor? Because I personally do think, like, uh, you know, w- when we start with two wide players, and, and Mark, actually, I'll come over to you in a minute on this, because we always talk about Rashford and Greenwood and our wide players playing as inside forwards and not wingers. But in games like yesterday, you do need players who are comfortable with a ball at their feet and can pick out, you know, a, 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 a what's it, a, a needle in a haystack type pass and, and be able to find it. Yet Wan Mata was left sitting on that bench. Van der Beek didn't come on until the 83rd minute. Do you really think if we had someone like Mata or Van der Beek starting, it would have made the world a difference last night? Not really. I said in the in the pre-show with Carter yesterday, I didn't want to see Mata on the right-hand side. I don't think it works at all. Um, it, I mean, Wan-Bissaka looks isolated on the right-hand side anyway. Um, if you put Mata there, he's even more isolated on that right-hand side. Um, yes, Mata probably would have made a difference. And similar, I haven't seen enough from Van der Beek in a United show. He hasn't been given that many opportunities, granted. But when he has come on, I don't think he's been as good as people have made him out to be. That might sound a bit ridiculous, but I think a lot of people are wanting to see to see him come good. And so do I. I want him to, to be the player that he that we know he can be, that we saw at Ajax. Um, but I don't think they would have made a massive difference. Certainly not Mata on the right-hand side. The question mark could have been whether we could have gone maybe for a 4-3-3, dropped Pogba out of the equation and maybe played Mata and Fernandes in the middle with Matic just sitting behind or McTominay just behind. But I wouldn't want to have seen Mata out on that right-hand side. Um, I think the main issues were that obviously Pogba can unlock a defence. We know that same as Fernandes, but Pogba was playing so far back, certainly in the first half, um, almost alongside Matic in a 4-2-3-1. Whereas I think if we'd have gone to a to, to the three in midfield and Fernandes, and similar to what Man City did with what we saw with David Silva and De Bruyne, if we had those two players either side of a of a Matic and McTominay in midfield, it might have worked. But you know, if buts, maybe's, we don't know. Um, but I don't think Matter on the right hand side would have worked. No. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting point, and there's a lot of people uh, sounding off in the in the uh, live chat. Sorry, guys, if I don't keep up. Barry, there, Doc United with a great point about breaking down uh, lesser teams, and and I actually want to get into a little point on that. Mark uh, Rick did put in his tweet uh, about the fact that it was obviously only Sheffield United, and if we'd won the game comfortably, we'd all be saying, and rival fans would be saying, well, we've beaten the bottom bottom side in the league. It's only Sheffield United. Do you think it's actually that little bit of attitude there that maybe hinders us at home against these sides? Do you think maybe the team goes out there and and expects to win these games too much no i'm not so sure um and to be honest with you my pc's on its knees at the moment so apologize if i'm a bit choppy um uh, i'm not so sure at the moment i think that, that something uh, that we've done far better this season is be out is at being able to blo- uh, break down those low block teams um and and our struggles have come against 
um, the bigger teams. And, um, you know, our home form, it's not as terrible as it once was. You know, we went um, 11 games unbeaten. Um, a couple of those were draws. Um, and I appreciate a lot of those were sort of closed shave, having to come from behind or very marginal wins. But a win's a win at the end of the day. And Ferguson used to do that a lot. Um, I agree with Connor um, uh on a few things um and i i actually saw uh rick the red sweet and uh, i do do agree with that game a bit like when we played brighton in the um efl um f- uh, earlier on in the season um he played van der beek matter and bruno and they are very quick passes of the ball they're very quick on their feet um always thinking about two or three steps in front and and i think that that game would have appreciated those three players on the on the pitch and we saw how wonderful well they play, have played together I think that that was crying out for a winter um I appreciate you're absolutely right Connor on the right hand side he it, it does stagnate him him somewhat but I think you could have probably fit them in somehow with those three and I think we could have seen a little bit more forward passing forward press and and sort of cut them open a little bit better but I mean it's very difficult to to play I mean Sheffield United look you can't discredit them they they came they came to Old Trafford, knew exactly what how to set up, and they played their perfect game. And and I don't think I've seen as good a defensive display as that, that for a little while. I think all teams, you know, have struggled defensively across the season, and that's why you're getting some so many strange results. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and it's very difficult to to break down five, you know, five defenders. Um, I don't think our crossing was particularly good. I think Luke Shaw. Or, and I thought some with some stats, um, his take on has improved massively. Um, one of the highest in the league. His crossing accuracy is first in the league with 34%, I think it was at the time. And I think that unfortunately, um, obviously with Tellez coming in, it's really, really improved Luke Shaw's game. But unfortunately, Tellez hasn't probably hit the heights that we expected. Um, and obviously he needs some game time to be able to adapt to the Premier League and get some minutes and and unfortunately last night probably wasn't the right time to do that because I think we missed Luke Shaw a huge amount um but uh, um I don't think it's an attitude thing I really don't I think um as I said we we have got the majority of our points and as as I've said before Ferguson especially at the end of his um his his time at United he would um beat the lesser teams, get the majority of his points against them, and then he would sit back against the bigger clubs and get them on the counter-attack. So, look, it was just an off day yesterday. It's unfortunate (laughs) that we lost against Sheffield United. If it was Arsenal this weekend, I don't think people would be going into people as much as they did. They just had a poor game. And when you've been on an FA Cup game against Liverpool, which was phenomenal, and then it turns out that you're going to lose to the bottom of the club, these things happen and we move on to the next one. Hello to uh, Omkar, who's in the uh, in the live chat, um, and he's sort of reflecting on sort of what you said. Though he says one game didn't change anything. We weren't ready for the league even before this result, in my opinion. And I think actually, yeah, I, I, I completely agree there slightly with Omkar in, in terms of that we we are overachieving this year, sort of like we overachieved last year, finishing third in the end. We got there because you know of the drop off yeah. of other team and our incredible form uh, coming out of signing Bruno Fernandez. So I actually think a bit of patience, you know, a little bit of optimism in there as well. And like you said, yes. 
it's only Sheffield United, some people would say, if we had won that game. But also, there's no easy game in the Premier League. So I'm with you on that. Uh, Stu, I don't want to make too much of this other tweet that I want to bring up and talk about. So I'm going to leave this one down to you. Uh, okay. The the gorgeous and lovely Chris Sutton uh, has been on Twitter last night. Oliver Burke with a winning goal for Sheffield United, but it was Manchester United who were the Burks. Shock of the season. Well done, Chris Wilder. Was it really the shock of the season? I'm, mm. I'm not so sure that it was. If you actually watched the game and you actually, as a neutral, watched two teams play against each other, can't say Sheffield United didn't actually deserve that last night. The shock of the season seems a bit too much for me. Yeah, there's, there's no shocks in the Premier League this year. Um, I've always said this anyway. <clears throat> I've played the game for a number of years. Um, any team that takes a pitch, those 11 players, if they've got a determination, they've got a will, you know, they stick together. Anything could beat any team in football. It's just it's just the way that it goes. Uh, Chris Sutton likes to be a bit controversial, doesn't he? Um, look, we, we all know the second goal, the Oliver Burke goal, was shocking. I mean, I, 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 we could pick that apart for days. It was, it was awful defending from Rashford walking, you know, from the way that uh, they intricately weave themselves into the penalty area. It was just terrible. It was just terrible. Um but there is no shock. Uh, Chris Wilder uh, has been on the cusp of victories over the last four or five games. He sets his team up well. He's a very dogged manager. He's a very dogged player, uh, was uh, Chris Wilder. And he, he's got that Sheffield steel about him. And I think what you're finding is um, when he's he's asking his players to step up to the plate, like um, um, Jagielka, it must be about 50 by now. What is he, 39, 40, something like that? Mm-hmm. He had an absolute diamond of a game. They know how to organise. And I said it uh, before, <clears throat> that he set himself up five at the back, low block. We did struggle. And there was times in that game, certainly in the second half, where we could have hooked Matic anyway, because we didn't need Matic. We weren't really going through us through the middle. And I, I can tend to agree with, uh, with Connor. Um, I, I like Mata. I think Mata's a great player, but he wouldn't have added what Van der Beek would have added. And I think Van der Beek needs that time moving forward now to really get to grips with the Premier League because he is very, very intricate. He's very, very quick. He's very neat and tidy. And so uh, Chris Sutton's tweet, standard Chris Sutton for me. You know, he likes the controversy. So, but yeah. Standard Pinch Chris yourself. Sutton. Love Pinch that. Pinch do you know what? I do completely agree with that. I, I, the one point I want to make on Van Der Beek, and, and I don't know if you guys agree, I don't know if the guys agree in the live chat, please get involved. Guys, make sure you subscribe to All For United, by the way, on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash All For United. Smash that subscribe button, like this video as well. Uh, later on, you've got the chance to win some Football Town uh, apparel. So please, please, please hit that subscribe button, turn your notifications on so you get notified whenever we are live, so you have a chance to get in the draw to win. Uh, I'd really like some of you guys who are taking your time out today to watch us chat about last night's game to be able to win, win something. So subscribe to the channel now um I, I do want to quick hit on with van der beek um he came on and and again i thought some of the spaces he got into some of the passing was really really nice from him but giving him seven minutes plus added time he, you can't influence a game that way you really really can't and additionally um there was also a couple of moments where i think bruno and pogba both played some nice looking balls but they were just a yard too far in front of van der beek and for me that comes down to understanding in a match day situation exactly uh, and, and having that communication and that telepathy in some ways to, to be able to understand where the player's going to go he needs to have more time ollie's just got to trust his bench a little bit more in these yep. situations instead of expecting those players that he's got out on the pitch that he trusts to do something we were screaming out for it 
you know, similar to like, and I'll only say the situation I'll go back to is, do you remember when Fred got the yellow card and we're all screaming at the teddies, get Fred off. We, we just could see that red card happening. Yesterday, mm. you could just see that nothing was going to change unless we forced a change of that game. Um, so for me, we, we Oli just needs to trust his bench a little bit more in those situations. And hopefully, you know, I put on a tweet the other day, hopefully from that game last night, we can learn as a squad and as a team in situations like that. And hopefully Oli continues to learn as well because we have come a long way. So I, I, I'm not I'm not all doom and gloom today, as, as, as I know some people are. But um, a couple more talking points, guys, that I want to get round to and, and some more tweets I want to jump in. Guys, get, get in the live chat as well. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Victor Meldrew, Solskjaer is his name on Twitter. Is that the actual one? He's going to Solskjaer. Uh, maybe he's just got a fake account to sound off at BT Sport. What BT are talking about here with Peter Walton is the single biggest problem with VAR. The VAR didn't look at the Martial goal because of the timing of the referee's whistle. That is just not good enough in top level sport. Connor, first of all, your reaction um, to A, the goal that was allowed for Sheffield United and B, the goal that was disallowed for Manchester United? Um, probably going to disagree with a lot of United fans, but I don't think either's a foul. Um, I know De Gea did get a little nudge. I'm quite old school. I quite like to see, you know, going back to, because the way foot was going, it, it might as well be non-contact. Uh, you know, keepers are protected so much now. Um, you can only tap somebody. Um, and it, it it's a foul on the keeper. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I, if you give one, you've got to give the other, in my opinion, because what Maguire did to to Ramsdale is no different to what happened to De Gea. Um, and if anything, De Gea is, is worse. Even though I don't think it was a foul, um, I can't. I don't see why that's not a decision at the other end. Um, Vars just causing more problems than. Than it's than it's than it's helping really. It was it was brought in to eliminate these kind of things. It needs to be very football's not black and white all the time, but decisions like this, it just needs to be as simple as you know if you if it if the contact comes in from behind, if it's imp impeding on the goalkeeper's ability to catch the ball or, or something like that. It just needs to be a bit more simple to understand really, because I don't understand the Maguire one on Ramsdale. Maguire didn't head the ball out of Ramsdale's hands. He didn't knock Ramsdale over. Ramsdale just dropped it. So I don't understand how that's a foul and the other one under hair is. Uh, the one under hair isn't. Um, but no, it's just causing more issues than than it's worth at the moment. But I don't personally think mm. either, either is a foul because I want to see football as a contact sport. And, you know, maybe I'm just a bit old school and want to see the, the Yapstam and Rio Ferdinand kind of tackles that we saw. But but also, Connor, just on that, I, I feel like Manchester United have had two fairly um, two OK goals disallowed this season. And and those two goals, you know, they're the difference between you winning games and not winning games. People can talk about what they want with penalties. But when it comes down to actual goal decisions and clear and obvious errors, Mark, I, I might be completely wrong here. But for me, the whole point in having VAR is to, to, so to speak, get rid of clear and obvious errors within the game. That, that, that for me is the point of VAR. Why does the referee's whistle matter, one? And number two, if VAR isn't there to eradicate clear and obvious errors, why is it getting involved in so many different disputes on the football pitch and telling the ref to go over and watch it again to have a look if they think it's a clear and obvious error? For me, with VAR, it's a consistency thing. I don't know about you, Mark. Yeah, I think it is and has been very inconsistent, unfortunately. I think we were very... Unfortunately, I completely echo what Connor said. Um, it's either both a goal or both not a goal. And I absolutely agree that I feel that both of them, you know, going for the ball. The only thing I will say is I feel that um, it was 
sharp uh, that grabbed hold of De Gea. He wasn't looking at the ball at all, whereas Maguire was looking at the ball, didn't know where the keeper was, and and went into him. So uh, they do. I mean, this is top level sport, and we have this same conversation every week. And at some point, someone has got to sit down and say, "Look, this isn't working, and we need some sort of consistency," because this is the this is. These decisions that happen, which are inconsistent, are make or break for a lot of things. Winning games, losing games, promotions. Aston Villa last year were against Sheffield United. They should have been relegated. And and it and it, it causes um, a lot of controversy. And they, and they do need to iron all of these things out, quite frankly. I mean, we're, we're unfortunate to be on the negative side of it last night. And that's just one of those things. We've also been very lucky and been fortunate in other decisions, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. I, I, I even feel that because of those two decisions, we were not good enough to win last night, and I really don't think it has oh, yeah. any bearing on the result regardless. Um, but fundamentally, as you say, they do need to they do need to sit down and, and try to get the rules. It feels like that sometimes in order to justify what they've decided, they've, they've added an extra caveat to it. So last night it was the fact that um, that means nothing to me. That means nothing to anybody else. And last week with um, Manchester City, it's because he played the ball to him. No, I'm sorry. He was offside. And now they've brought that in and they're, they're, they're having to create a rub for their own back and, and have to, you know, to justify what they're saying and then implement something else to justify what they've said. Do you see what I mean? And yeah, uh, there needs I was, was going to say on that, Mark. Like, they can't do that. Like, they can't keep chopping, changing the rules just to support VAR. VAR exactly. should be there to support the rules, not the other way around. And, and that's exactly. why we're getting it completely wrong in this country with VAR. It, it's not supporting the on-field referees. It's dictating what the on-field referees do. And it's the same with this stupid offside flag that just doesn't go up now. Like, it's just ridiculous. And I completely agree with managers who say that in that phase of play, there is a chance that someone could end up getting seriously injured or something going seriously wrong just yeah. because the ref doesn't stop the play on a clear offside. That The VAR needs to be there to support. And I also agree here with um, Jamie saying that VAR is not going away. Surely it can only get better in time. I, I, look, I completely agree with that. I don't want VAR to go away. But there needs to be, like Mark said, a serious sit down and conversation on how it's implemented, how it's managed and how it's maintained. Because at the moment in top level sport, look, throughout the coronavirus, elite sport has been given the OK to carry on because it, it, it's, it's an elite sport. It's a big part of the economy. It's a big part of the world. Right. It's the Premier League's the biggest part of that economy, the biggest part of world sport. It needs to be better. The level of officiating and the way VAR works, it has to be better. It's disrespectful to the game that it isn't, and and that's my biggest problem with it. Um, Stu, I, I I don't know if you want to if you want to join in on the VAR conversation, or if you want to, if you want to move on because I want to get to one more talking point uh, with everyone before. So do you want to have a quick, just a very very quick say on VAR? Yeah, uh, VAR. Uh, I've never been a fan of it. I hate it. Uh, I'm an old school player, um, and I'll go back to De Gea. De Gea doesn't command our box one little bit uh, what he should have done is come and clean the entire six or seven players to get that football and if he had done that then billy sharp wouldn't have given him the little nudge in the back uh, that put him off um and so that's that's the only thing i would say about that with regards to var look i'd scrap it i don't like it I, you know if i was playing today I'd, I'd never be on the pitch i just wouldn't be on the pitch i, I just hate var I, I don't like it it goes for you it goes against you i get it 
I get that there's so much money in the game that, um, you know, they need to regulate it somewhat. But nobody knows the rules anyway anymore. Nobody knows the rules of football. Yeah. Nobody, even the players don't even know the rules of football. And to be honest, um, the referees will back themselves all the time. They won't go against each other. They'll always back themselves. And he had two opportunities there. The VAR could have just gone into his and said, look, I've seen two pushes, De Gea uh, and one on Ramsdale, etc. Go across to the screen and look at it. But he won't. He won't go across to the screen. So um, VAR to me can, can disappear. But anyway, I'm in the minority, I know. But but well, I, I think I think you're I think you're right in the reasons on why you want it to disappear. But then also on the reasons why it can't dis- disappear. Obviously, it's glaringly obvious. The money invested exactly. in it, the way that the sport needs to adapt to technology, it has to stay and it has to work. But again, is it something to do with the fact that in those referee headquarters they haven't got? people who potentially are as experienced on that pitch do players need to get involved to help iron out the problem with VAR do we need younger officials to be at the top and actually giving their point of view on how far VAR is affecting the game I just feel like there needs to be a bigger conversation there I think what you need is potentially VAR VAR specific referees yeah not referees not not referees that are refereeing in the Premier League DFL etc they are trained for VAR and VAR only. Yeah, and, and again, though, there's an argument. There's an argument of that being ex-pros doing that. The problem you have oh, with ex-pros it. doing it that is there might be a level of bias with <laughs> ex-pros. So again, there needs to be some way to be able to make sure that it can work in the best possible way. But there, there does need to be. Do you know what? This could be a full conversation. This, so we might come back to this because uh, we've got to get through one more talking point. Um, guys, you all sound off in the comments. Thank you for doing so. Keep your thoughts coming in. Make sure you're subscribing to All for United. And by the way, if you've got, uh, if you listen to podcasts regularly uh, and you listen to Google podcast spotify search all for united united daily and give us a follow as well on your chosen podcast platform because all these united daily shows go back up in audio format uh, once we finish live so go and check us out over there as well um just one final tweet that i want to get to because i want to end on a positive guys and it happened we might have lost yesterday but it happened Captain Maguire got his head to the ball in the box and scored a wonderful header. Uh, Liam Canning here. Finally, Maguire scores a header from a corner. A long time coming. Wonderful delivery by Tedes. Now get another. Of course, we didn't go on to get that other. But, Connor, how good was it to see Harry Maguire connect beautifully with that ball and do what he potentially should have done about 15 different times already this season and score a fantastic header? It, it was it was brilliant because I think every single game when I'm sat watching it, I'm I'm saying to my to my mates that I'm watching it with on on on, on video calls and whatever. It how can somebody win so many headers yet constantly miss the target? Um, and we've seen it so often. He always wins the wins the header in the box or gives away a foul, and it's always off target or straight down the keeper's throat. So it was good to see him finally better and it was a Maguire seems to get these goals at important times um I remember going back early in the season against Newcastle and we were one down um and he got the header from the corner um he seems to crop up with these goals when we when we need them from a corner so I'm happy as long as he obviously keeps doing it and it was good to see Tellers actually put a good cross in as well because I thought he was his some of his crossing yesterday was all over the place um and and Mark mentioned earlier about Luke Shaw's crossing and that's why he's on corners now so hopefully you can just kick on it. We're not expecting to score every single corner, but when we've got the aerial threat that we've got, when you're looking at you know Pogba, Matic and, and Maguire that are on the pitch yesterday, to name a few, when you've got someone like Maguire who is known for, for headers, and we always remember England at the World Cup, um, 
you know, he's got that ability. So he needs to start connecting with a few more. Like I said, we don't expect him to score every single one. But if he can start adding some of these to his tally, like we saw at Leicester and with England, it's only going to benefit the team. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Connor. Mark, I just want to sort of, sort of twist it slightly. Are, are you... Um, I, I... Do you wonder why we're not as much of a threat from corners? Because we tend to win a lot of headers, as Connor was saying there, when, when whenever we get the ball put into the box. Shaw's drastically improved his corners, uh, his corner taking. And obviously, Alex Tedes there put a fantastic, a couple of fantastic corners in yesterday, although his delivery from that left-hand side wasn't great for the majority of the game when it wasn't a set-piece. Um, is it slightly concerning for you that we don't score as much from set-pieces? Yeah, I should, uh, I, we should be. Um, you know... <laughs> teams good teams always score from various different scenarios and this is something that we've lacked for a very long time i think you know we, we have spoken about martial and rashford they don't tend to put themselves because they're not out and out number nines in in the right places at the right time cavani is very different and i think that um, they should probably work on it. And we, we shouldn't expect defenders to score. It's great to see Maguire in that position. And I think 15 opportunities, Ben was a little bit generous, but he finally got one. So that's good to see. But I think they do need to um, work on that. And I'm sure Ollie's doing that. Look, he's the manager. We, we don't know what goes on. And these are all things they're going to be looking at. And I think that when you've gone a number of years where we haven't scored from set pieces so much, I think you do become accustomed to that and and it's very difficult to habit sometimes so I'm not giving them an excuse but I think that, that you know they need to start learning that oh what if this happens um can I pounce on this if if this is spilt can I be in the right area right time finding space and then we might be able to get a few more of those look I just want to see goals I don't want to I don't want to worry it's, about it's, it's a good job from. that you didn't start them because for a moment it said i just it sounded like for a second that you said i just want to see girls no <laughs> then, no that, then... that is not that is not what i said i, I must have started at that point i did say my piece was on the in the background is she she'll be having a moment of me if she was but um <laughs> but no it's all good that's not what i said so apologies um no i just want to see i just want to see goals Okay, goals and um, and like fundamentally, it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter where they come from. If they start to improve that and get it from corners and set pieces, fantastic. And it's certainly something they need to look at. But fundamentally, we just need to win games. It's a fantastic point, but I'm actually crying because it sounded like it again. I'm so sorry, and, and I know you so well. And like, obviously, that's not me. The image in my head that actually, no, Mark isn't working from home. Mark is actually just like sat there. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, Stu, I'm going to give the final wording to you, mate. Um, look, um, Harry Maguire, I feel like he's come on such a long way this season. I actually think that he's been, he, he's one of our key players and, and he has just become just a stalemate in that side. I've, I've actually fallen in love a little bit with Harry Maguire. What have you made of how he's come on this season and, and how he's dealt with everything and, and, and how he's now leading leading this club to where we are at the moment? So the first thing I'll say is uh, law of averages was that he was going to put one in the back of the net at some point uh, because he kind of gets there. And I, and I also think that probably uh, when we're looking at our offensive play, I think corners is probably one of the few things they look at and they probably practice uh, because of our overall game is all about uh, the build-up. With regards to Harry Maguire, I quite like him. I always have done. Um, he's had a lot of stick with Lindelof this year, and maybe this, this is for a debate for another day, but um, 
I think the biggest issue with our defence isn't necessarily uh, Maguire and Lindelof. I think it's De Gea's presence at the back. He's an absolute world-class shot stopper, we know, but he doesn't command the 18-yard box. And the problem is, if you've got a quick centre forward uh, and we're slightly high up the pitch, anything over Maguire, because they're not quick, Lindelof and De Gea, uh, and um, Maguire, uh, De Gea's on his line, so they've got that space in between two. Anyway, that's probably for another day. But mm-hmm. I like I like Maguire. He had a tough summer, uh, but he's 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 Chris Wilder, Sheffield Steel. Kind of brush it under the carpet or deal with it uh, as and when. And I think he is probably more of a leader than is probably uh, seen because he's not really shouting a lot. You don't see players shout and scream like a Yapstam used to do, a Paul Ince or a Robbo or a Keane. They're a bit more understated. Uh, but I think without him. And, it, and and it's proven really. I, th- I think without him, it'd be we'd, we'd we'd be very very light at the back. I like Bailly, I like Lindelof, I like Axel, but uh, we would be light without him. What he needs to do is work on his distribution a little bit, a little bit more. He'll always take one or two touches extra. Um, you know, he's got to have a bit of a. Uh, I, I suppose not ability because he's got the ability to bring it out, but he's got to have a belief in himself uh, that he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, in all, uh, uh, yeah, I like him. Uh, he's good. He's good captain material. People say he shouldn't be skipper. You know, he's this and he's that. You go out and play at the mm-hmm. highest level. You go out and try it, and, <laughs> and see how you do. That's what I would say. And also, there's no better person to judge who is the best leader within that squad than the manager, his coaching staff, and and the well, team around him. Which we've only heard amazing things yeah. about 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 Maguire's leadership. What I, what I do find quite quite good, Stu, is he was mentioned there, and I think this is where, like, obviously, football has changed so much through the years. He was mentioning those great defenders uh, of United's mm-hmm. past while talking, obviously, talking about Harry Maguire, uh, and then you mentioned about the fact that he needs to improve his distribution. And I was just thinking to myself, could you imagine us sat here like 10, 15, 20 years ago talking? about Stan Vidic and saying, God, they need to improve the way that they ping that ball out to the left-hand side. Like, just goes to show how much football has changed because if we were back then and Harry Maguire was playing in those days, we'd be just be talking about how much of a class defender he is and, and how well Absolutely. he does it at the back. So it just goes yeah. to show how, how football has changed. And I always say the same thing about Juan Bissaka. I think he's yeah. one of the best out-and-out defenders in world football and there's a lack of quality in out-and-out defenders at the moment. But yep. we pick on him for his crossing. It's like you know, wow. we always want we want our bread buttered on both sides, don't we, all the time? But there we go. Yeah, we that's do. that's because we're passionate about our footballers, our players, yep. and we're passionate about our club, and we just want the best for them. Look, guys, fantastic show. That was our Twitter react show off the back of the Sheffield United defeat. Uh, Connor, Mark, Stu, always great to be in your company, guys. Thank you so much for that. Really, really enjoyed it, uh, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Search all for United United Daily in your chosen podcast platform, and make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube as well. YouTube forward slash all for united share the video get it out there thank you guys for joining us we'll be back tomorrow lunchtime i think we've got a reporter a journalist joining us tomorrow to chat about uh the final few days of the transfer window uh so join us then speak to you guys tomorrow ciao for now hey guys.